welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Libraries Turn the Page podcast. This is Jessica. I am your host today, and I'm actually um, extremely happy to be here because this is an interview that was supposed to take place a few weeks ago, and I lost my voice, um, and I was very upset to have had to reschedule, but uh, I literally had no voice for two and a half weeks, so um, this is a long time coming. This is a Sayasid alum. We have had him on before. Um, His list of accolades goes on and on. Um, Welcome, Steve Tao. Hi, Jessica, and hello, everybody else. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a filmmaker and an educator, and I've been in the industry for over 25 years now, starting out the old-fashioned way as an intern and a union cameraman, and I've been producing documentaries for PBS and corporate videos, and I've done a a lot of comedy work and uh, all sorts of things. Yeah, you have. And um, you've got like a lot coming up now that I would love to chat with you about, um, especially, um, you know, let's actually let's start with just because it's local and then we can kind of go back to the first thing on our list. Um, The Cinema Arts Center in Huntington, I know you are very involved with that, and um, you're doing something currently called Stand Up, Sit Down? Yes, it's a new comedy series I'm starting. I don't know when this is going to broadcast, and our first one is on November 14th, so that's this coming Tuesday from the day we're speaking, not necessarily the day this goes out to your listeners. And basically what we came up with was Stand Up, Sit Down, is I have a long history with stand-up comedians to backtrack. Uh, the first documentary I did for PBS was called Laugh a Day, which was a 30-minute documentary in which I was fortunate enough to be nominated for an Emmy, and it went PBS uh, nationwide here in New York. It aired on WNET 13, and I had a lot of comedians on it. One of the comedians that were on my show way back when, so it's kind of full circle, was a comedian named Rob Bartlett who was head writer for I Miss in the Morning for 20 plus years. He's done numerous Broadway shows. He was an actor on Law and Order. But most importantly for what we're doing, he's an amazing stand-up comedian. And so this November 14th, we have Rob Bartlett, who will be performing at Cinema Arts Center in a very intimate crowd, only 100 seats in their uh, cafe. And the reason it's called Stand Up, Sit Down, because after his performance... I'll then interview him for 15, 20 minutes about his illustrious career. And this is going to be a once a month series. And December 12th, we have a comedian named John Ziegler. And uh, John is also a headliner that's very, very funny. And what makes him unique is uh, he's a cancer survivor. And he does a big routine about cancer. And uh, and he talks about his experiences. And he manages to find the light side and the funny side, uh, something that's just so tragic having cancer. What a wonderful um, series. So um, really quickly, how did this all sort of come about? Um, I just, uh, you know, I've I've worked with the directors at Cinema Arts Center. Uh, My most recent documentary, Impresarios and Visionaries, is actually about 
Cinema Art Center and about the Intermedia Art Center Theater in Huntington, which is now the Paramount Theater. And then the third storyline to that was uh, how the arts positively affect community and how the arts intersect with philanthropy. So I have a working relationship with Cinema Art Center, uh, having done a film about them, but also I go way back with them. And um, I just had a passion for stand-up comedy, and I've interviewed lots of people, you know, in every genre uh, business and facet of life you could think of. And I just thought, man, this would be really interesting for the audience. Um, how about just having a headliner comedian? So you don't have to go with that opening act, that medium act that are sometimes good, sometimes not that good. We just have a headliner who really makes you laugh for a good 50, 55 minutes, a full set. And then afterwards, after that person's had you hysterically laughing, you kind of get to know what they're all about and their history, how they got into stand up and their secrets and stories to tell. Because the one thing I've learned in interviewing lots of comedians, they all have really fascinating stories. It's they all have crazy zigzag careers and being on the road and being stand up comedians and being observant people to begin with. I just felt it'd be nice if we did something completely different. And I came up with the title Stand Up, Sit Down. And again, it's hosted by Cinema Art Center, an independent, not-for-profit theater in Huntington, Long Island. Cinema Art Center is wonderful. Um, I first started going there when I was in high school. It was kind of a thing I did with my mom in the summers. Like we'd see some of these, you know, these art house movies. Um, and it was super, super nice. And it's just sort of a wonder. It's a wonderful place that's local to Long Island. Um, and, you know, uh, it's great that you're working with them. Um, so another thing I wanted to kind of um, venture into is actually, I mean, it's opposite because, you know, a laugh a day is um, a little bit more, um, I suppose, comedy focused, even though I believe that comedy does sometimes come from great um, tragedy, like you were talking about um, the cancer survivor and just sort of uh, working that into a routine. Um, could you talk a little bit about uh, your educational video that you're working on regarding the Holocaust? Yeah, it's like you said, it's diametrically opposite of the comedy work I'm doing, like the documentary I did, uh, Laugh a Day, or my comedy series, Stand Up, Sit Down. And uh, and in fact, just to answer your question, Jessica, to go to backtrack, in fact, one of the reasons I initiated Stand Up, Sit Down was because I'm working on this Holocaust educational video. And I said, I better do something, you know, with the yin and the yang that's a little bit opposite to kind of keep me sane. So I guess I guess it's good then that that's kind of how I opened and uh, forayed into the next part of our chat. Absolutely perfect because I, I I was very purposeful in you know making those two of the things I'm working on. Although I'm always working on a few things, uh, even more than two things. Um, years ago, I was hired by the Center for Social Justice and Human Understanding to interview five Holocaust survivors. And uh, I guess it was about three years ago, give or take, that I did this. Uh, they were gifted a touch screen, and they had hired my production company years before for a completely different type of video. And they were happy with the work that our team at Stephen Tao Productions did. And when they were gifted the touch screen, they wanted to make sure we, they got the five Holocaust survivors um, on, onto their touchscreen, because as we know, they're getting older. People are in their late 80s and early 90s. And the Center for Social Justice and Human Understanding is located at Suffolk Community College out in Selden, 
to be confusing, it's located in the Huntington Library. But again, it's in Selden at the Suffolk Community College. The building has just happened to be called a weirdly Huntington Library where it's located. And to get back to it, the five Holocaust survivors I interviewed had been speaking at the center for eight, 10 years. So my two connections there, both college professors, and one was also the director of the center, um, once they were gifted the touchscreen, knew with my PBS background that I would do um, an accurate job and a thorough job in interviewing all five of them. And I spent several weeks with the two college professors who knew their life stories inside out because they'd both seen them speak numerous times over, a, again, a period of eight or 10 years. And um, so prior to my interviewing them, I put in a lot, a lot of hours and I knew their life stories inside out. So when I did the interviews, uh, they were very, very thorough and we really got their life stories. So now that we have their life stories on touchscreen, and it, once again, to backtrack, like I had said to you about uh, these people, because of their older, and it's very important to get them, uh, get historically accurate their life story. Three of the five of them have passed away since I interviewed them, like I said, approximately three years ago. Um, I, you know, they, it came out really nice, and it's beautiful that it's on a touch screen out in central eastern Long Island. But I felt there was more to be done and we could reach a wider audience and not only just reach a wider audience. There's lots of documentaries about the Holocaust. And of course, there's a Shoah Foundation uh, headed up by Steven Spielberg who's doing wonderful work, getting testimonials of Holocaust survivors. But no one's created something that's just purely an educational video, which is what this is going to be all about. It's going to be four to eight minute segments. Uh, and it's going to do what we call in our industry wraparounds. So in other words, we're going to the nucleus of it's going to be the testimonials we have of the five Holocaust survivors and the wraparounds. I'm going to interview educators, scholars, historians, and then we'll also put in footage, photographs and write original music. And I'm in a business where, unfortunately, you're always looking to raise money for various projects. So right now we've put together, we spent several months, we put together a comprehensive proposal and uh, we're shopping it right now so we can put together this very important educational tool. And what's most important, being a video producer, is knowing what you don't know. And my co-producer in this is a college professor that teaches Holocaust studies. And this is the woman who also runs the Center for Social Justice and Human Understanding. And uh, Jill is her name. And again, if we're going to teach create something for educators, it's very important that my co-producer is a college producer, hence an educator, specifically about the Holocaust. It does sound like a really good um, project to work on, um, especially I know um, when we first, you know, obviously we, you're talking about, you know, like there are, you know, parts of um, the country where, you know, um, you you want you you want to make sure that the people who are teaching the students about the Holocaust are you know aware themselves. I mean, um, you know, we are we are in New York. There is a higher Jewish population here in New York, but there are places that would be teaching um, this particular topic where it wouldn't be so much. So I think um, you know it's a it's a really great uh, project. You're, you're exactly right about that, Jessica. You, you hit the nail on the head. 
Um, we first starting putting putting together the proposal, uh, Jill and I, there was eight states that required Holocaust studies. By the time we finished the proposal, because it took us a few months to get everything right, and we created a couple of two-minute videos, three two-minute videos for the proposal. Um, there's now 20 states that require Holocaust studies. And like you said, exactly, there are people that, that really mean well, their heart is in the right place, but they live in an area where, again, and I don't mean this in any time, no negative connotation whatsoever. They live in an area where, where they might not have even ever met a Jewish person. Uh, so they're not really familiar with it. And so now we're going to give them a turnkey, a turnkey video where, again, each video will be approximately four to eight minutes and um, and with the four to eight minute video, of course, it'll be different subject matters like the, the camps we lived in, the food we ate, transportation, et cetera, et cetera. It'll probably be about a dozen to 16 different topics we'll cover, but there'll also be notes with each uh, with each category. So it'll make it very easy for them to have discussions with their students or whoever they're, uh, they're showing the videos to. So it'll very much be a turnkey operation for somebody who wants to teach the Holocaust and wants to do it in an engaging and, and equally as important in an accurate way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, again, this is a really um, wonderful and important project. And, um, you know, considering just your work in the past, um, it's it's great that you're taking it on. And I, again, I think it's, um, you know, the fact that you're kind of working with a duality of this. And stand up, sit down. You know, I think it's it's great that you kind of have your hands in so many different things. Um, and, you know, obviously the duality of it. Um, and, you know, it's it's important emotionally to support ourselves that way. Um, and also just, you know, the community, you know, because you need a little bit of everything. Yeah. When, when I did the interviews with the five Holocaust survivors, uh, you know, a handful of years ago, it took a toll on me because people don't realize I spent a lot of time, again, with the educators and the people that run the center and wrote the questions. We put a lot of hours into that. I then interviewed the people. Then we do this thing called logging the footage. So I logged all the footage. So I, I went over everything that's going to be on the touch screen with the director of the center. Then I meet with the editor. So it's a lot of hours I put into that. And hearing what these five people went through, um, it was... It was beyond belief, and it was really, uh, you know, it was difficult for them, far more difficult for them, and it was harrowing for them, um, and they were kind enough to give me their time, but it's still, you know, I went through their life story about four or five times with the different facets it takes to create a video like that. So I think another thing I want to talk to you about a little bit is um, this uh, lecture series, Seen Behind the Scenes. Yeah, that's something I've been doing. I've done it there at Syosset Library, and I've been doing it for quite a while. In fact, this past Sunday, um, I was at Montauk Library, which was a lot of fun with their patients, with their, not their patients, with their patrons. And um, maybe it's their patients. Who knows? Maybe maybe Montauk Library has patients instead of right. <laughs> no, but I was I was there with their patrons this past Sunday, drove out to Montauk Library. And because I have such a an, an array of, of work. Basically what it is, I just spend 90 minutes, uh, usually goes a little bit over, and I show various video clips. I show a little bit of from Laugh a Day. I show a video I did about bringing your own bag, which when you shop, which is a public service announcement. I show the trailer that we created that the Holocaust Center uses to invite people. 
I showed people the trailer for my recent documentary. And so we go all over the place. So we just talk about the art of filmmaking. And it's very much about whatever the patrons want to talk about as well. It's very interactive. And, uh, the, the, you know, because I've done so much, su such an array of video production work over the past 25 years, it's very interesting for the people that are there, because like you said, you know, we're showing comedy, we're showing something as heavy as the Holocaust and, and all that. I, again, it's it's all it's all very, uh, very cool and very interesting, um, which actually brings me to Steve Ta Stephen Taub Productions. And what does it entail to produce um, an effective video creation? It's you know, it's, it's really about like I was saying earlier, it's, it's really about doing your homework. And, you know, and, and it's, you know, when people see the camera there and the lights and all that, it's really, you know, that is the fun day when you're shooting. And it really should be the fun day because you've done your work. And again, whether I'm speaking to the CEO of a company or a Holocaust survivor or a comedian or whatever it might be, I've done my due diligence in putting in a lot of hours in really understanding what motivates them, what their life story is, and making sure I have the proper questions for them. And um, then once you ask the proper questions, it's a matter of putting together the jigsaw puzzle of telling a story. And it's always about being succinct and uh, and storytelling, which is just really the background as a writer from way back when. Uh, storytelling is just my passion. And I went into video because, I, you know, I like the visual aspects of, of, uh, of video media. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I think it's um you know i also i love that you know you when you kind of introduced yourself and you know you mentioned that you started as a union um camera uh person i mean how did you if you don't mind me asking just real quick how did you sort of um get into that yeah yeah no i'm happy to tell you is uh, you know many years ago i worked for as at, at an advertising agency as a copywriter and we landed a couple of local videos and I really enjoyed the, uh, the creation of, uh, I really enjoyed video creation. And uh, even before I was a union camera, when I did it the real old fashioned way, I started out as an intern at Channel 21, which used to be in plain view before Channel 13 took over Channel 21. Those are both PBS stations here in New York. And so I went from intern to union cameraman. And after doing that for a few years, I started my own business and, uh, I was fortunate enough to have some success and I, you know, uh, I worked hard at it. And uh, now I have 25 years under my belt of doing TV commercials and PSAs and documentaries for PBS. And, and like I said, now that I've done it for so long, I really enjoy also going out and uh, doing lectures and being an educator and sharing my experience and all the mistakes that I've made and, uh, um, you know, furthering uh, production for other people. So just to kind of add to everything, you're also writing a book, um, an iconic New York City, a travel guide and a love letter. That sounds lovely. This is completely different and completely crazy. And this this I really stumbled upon. And what happened was I, I had never been a background actor and somehow it came up and I never it, it, it aspired to be a background actor. But it came up on my feed just because I'm in the industry that Succession needed background actors for one of their shows. And I ended up getting a, a gig as a background actor for six days on Succession. While I was on set, uh, I met this woman 
Victoria, and uh, she's a model in New York City from Russia. Uh, in fact, she's in the October issue of Harper's Bazaar. There's like a four or five page spread with her. And her and I got to talking on set. Really, really brilliant woman. She speaks six languages and this and that. Uh, we hung out a few times and we just decided it would be a lot of fun to create um, a travel guide to New York where I photographed Victoria. We actually have four locations completed and we're shopping it around. And then I write a romantic story about that area. Like we've actually already done the Brooklyn Bridge. We've actually done Times Square, the New York Library. And I can't think of off the top of my head, the fourth location, but four locations are done and we're shopping it around now. And we're going to, we're going to do 16 more locations and we're going to publish it as a book. So it's going to have beautiful photos of a very diverse model. It's going to have uh, historic facts with a romantic piece written about that location and then also just pragmatic information about what subway you would take to get there and what's in that immediate area and it's just going to have 20 places that you might want to pick when you come to visit new york whether you're from europe or dayton ohio or wherever you're from so that's that in a nutshell that sounds lovely do you have a favorite or one that you kind of want to just sort of highlight yourself like a personal favorite yeah my, my favorite um, Victoria's, I'll step back. Victoria's favorite was the Brooklyn Bridge, which obviously is beautiful and the background is great. And I'm not just saying this because I'm speaking to you. I really am a library nerd. I absolutely love libraries. When I go into my local library, for me, it's like cheers. Everybody says hello to me. They know me by the first, my first name. And so I'm at my library, you know, probably five times a month, uh, once a week, maybe even more. And so my favorite was when we went into the New York Library and shot the New York Library because it's such a beautiful, fascinating place. And it's a place that tourists wouldn't think of going to. And, and I really think if you come to the city, the New York Library is just, it's its amazing. The history of the library, the two beautiful lions out front, and just everything that's in that library. And it's one of those places, kind of like the Brooklyn Bridge, that you can go to New York and it's actually free. And its it's phenomenal. So my favorite was uh, the New York Library. I kind of have to agree with you for sure. Um, wow, that's really cool. Thank you uh, for elevating libraries. But of course, um, it really is a wonderful place. And uh, I try to visit whenever I have a chance. Um, so I think just in general, one thing, and I know we've spoken about this before, but I'm more than, I would love to talk about it again, um, impress, um, impresarios and visionaries and the importance of art in our lives. Um, did you want to chat a little bit about yeah, it? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for bringing that up. And, and that's something I've shown at numerous libraries. The Syosset Library has been nice enough to host me a couple of times for the showing of impresarios and visionaries, as well as my scene behind the scenes program, where I usually just show the trailer for that. But it's my again, it's my most recent documentary. It's a 50-minute film. I completed that a couple of years ago, a few years ago. And again, like I said earlier, it's about the founders of Cinema Art Center, the founders of Intermedia Art Center, which is now the Paramount in Huntington. And when they founded both of those locations, one is a music locale and the other is a film locale. For the type of music they had and the type of films they had, you really had to go to New York City to see those type of things. And both of these locations were two of the first to say, why can't the suburbs have um, foreign films and 
jazz and world music and things like that being iMac and Cinema Arts. So I wanted to create something to honor the founders of those two places and then to expand upon that. Uh, the other storylines in the film are the importance of the arts and community and how it really uh, uh, enlivens the community and connects the community. And then I took it one step further than that also and how the arts also um, intersect with philanthropy. And there's a story about Long Island Cares and uh, how Harry Shapin founded Long Island Cares and uh, his widow Sandy Shapin was kind enough to be in my documentary, Impresarios and Visionaries. And on the music end, David Bromberg was nice enough to participate. Uh, local actor filmmaker Ed Burns was nice enough to participate. So it's a well-rounded documentary that really celebrates the arts community and uh, people that present the arts to community. Well, it's super cool. And um, again, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. I want to thank you for all of the work you do. I really do hope um, that we get to have you back on the podcast to talk about other things that you're working on. Um, hopefully you'll have an update on um, the Holocaust educational video and, you know, there'll be a little bit more to say about it um, at some point. Um, and yeah, just keep working. And uh, really quickly, I know because you are an alumni of Syosset, uh, do you uh, do you want to give, um, do you have a favorite teacher you would like to give a shout out to? Yeah, uh, when I went to Syosset High School, I had a teacher named Mr. Pardo, and we had a, a, a course called Humanities which was English and social studies combined. And uh, Mr. Pardo really opened, you always have a teacher that's so hip and he really gets you and spends extra time with you. And uh, for me, it was Mr. Pardo. And I always remember on occasion, he drove a fire truck. He owned a fire truck and he drove the fire truck to Syosset High School. And uh, most importantly, he made he made every, he, you know, myself anyway, I don't know how he was with other students. Um, he let me know that he, you know, he saw a bright future in me and, um, and he just puts, you know, he, he just showed, you know, he actually just shown concern. So absolutely. Mr. Pardo, social studies teacher in humanities, uh, Syosset High School, um, you know, an influence for my life. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, once again, this was Jessica with Syosset Libraries Turn the Page podcast. Our guest today was Steve Taub, um, who is doing amazing things, Syosset alumni um and we are going to close this chapter of turn the page thank you so much for having me jessica hello everybody in syosset <laughs> thank you we'll see you soon it's time to close this chapter of turn the page join us for the next episode